Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another show from TK Sports Media. I'm Trey, he's Kyle, and today we're going over our top 15 running backs for the NFL. This episode is probably going to be a little bit more difficult than the previous two that we've had, just because running backs in the NFL, more often than not these days, are more of a committee. You don't really see one guy being the workhorse anymore. So with that in mind, grab your snacks, grab your drinks, and get ready for the show. All right, man. So, yeah, running backs. Tough, tough uh, situation we put ourselves into. Oh, absolutely tough. And wide receivers and tight ends, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing as those are going to be much, much easier than what we have to do today. So, yeah, I mean... I'd be lying if I said running back ranking running backs in uh, the NFL is my favorite thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do because you got the top tier of about eight to twelve guys. That, See, I've only that, got opinion, five guys in my top tier. That, that that in my opinion could put up running back one weeks and be the top running back that week. Let alone the year. I see all. I mean, the workhorse backs. I see them all being the top running backs in the league, in my opinion. And their workhorse for a reason. Um, so th- this is going to be tough. And once we get into the committee range, it's going to be extra tough for me. But yeah, running backs is probably my least favorite to rank because they're so uh, fragile and they're so different. Is another way to put it. You got guys like Derrick Henry, who just run down your throat, stiff arm, just run completely over you. And then you got guys like Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, who is more of a receiving threat. So it you'll see in this episode which way we kind of lean to where we want our running backs and which one we like more. Um, but, yeah. And, again, just a reminder, in my rankings, personally, I do not put rookies in just because I want to at least see a year of them in the NFL just to ensure that their skill set will translate. So don't expect to see a Bijan Robinson on my list because even though I know 100% that he's going to do absolutely fantastic things for the Atlanta Falcons this year, it's still just a principle. If I don't include Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young in my rankings, I'm not going to include any of the running backs, and that's going to stay true for the wide receivers and the tight ends as well. So I mean, I'm keeping with that trend. I I understand that, but you're talking Bijan here, Bijan. Man, it's just I had a hard time leaving Bijan on off this list, but I'm interested to see who you got. I really quote, unquote, had a hard time head of Bijan. I had a really hard time leaving him off too, especially once I got to the back end of like my tier two and all of my tier three guys. Because I do think that Bijan is going to be better than pretty much 80% of who I have on this list. But like I said, if I was going to leave Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young off, there was no way I could put Bijan on in good faith. I, I got to stick to my guns and just leave rookies off. So these are all guys that I've seen do it at the NFL level. And I know that their skill set is going to continue to translate in the way that it has. All right. So that being said, uh, let's just jump right into it. I think there's uh, 
that's what the guys want to hear. So, um, number one for me was pretty much, uh, this one was the easiest pick for me, just because this guy is a terrible player to game plan against. He just, he could beat you in the run game, he could beat you in the passing game, and he's really another slot receiver if you want him to be, and I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey, running back of the San Francisco 49ers. I've actually got him slotted in at number one, too, and... Even if he had stayed with the Carolina Panthers, he was still going to be a Tier 1 guy for me. But with the trade to the San Francisco 49ers and just his addition to the weapon set that they have there, it really catapulted him almost into a tier of his own. I'm not going to say that he's the Patrick Mahomes of running backs, even though I think he is the closest to that. I've still got him in a tier A instead of a tier S like I have Patrick Mahomes but if you look at what he did for the 49ers coming into them this season his first game with them not only did he rush for a touchdown but he also caught a touchdown and he also passed for a touchdown so he's really a do-it-all kind of guy that you can literally slot anywhere into the offense besides the offensive line and know that you're going to get mounds and mounds out of production out of him. Yep, and this is a guy that, in my opinion, if he was not injured, he'd be one of the best running backs, if not now, ever. Because his ability, I mean, he's put up a 1,000-yard rushing years for the past three of the past five years, and the only years he's been healthy, he's put up a 1,000-plus rushing yards. He's put up 1,000-plus receiving yards one year, and he's been over 741 all years he's been healthy. So this is a guy that is just a lethal threat in the pass game and running game, and is just an all-around guy that any team would love to have and would propel their team to be easily a Super Bowl contender with just him, unless you're the Panthers with uh, Sam Darnold as a quarterback. And at only age 26, he still does have a little bit of tread on the tires. 26, 27 is where you usually see the degradation and regression come in for running backs. But the 49ers did just go ahead and restructure his contract on Friday, which freed up $8.6 million in cap space for him. Um, he was due at least $12 million in each of the next three seasons. So they just went ahead and extended his contract, so they still think he's got a lot of tread left on the tires. So this is a guy for me that, as long as he can stay healthy and stay on the field, is really going to hold on to this number one spot, despite and in spite of whoever the 49ers decide to put at quarterback going forward. Even if they put Trey Lance in, who is more of a rushing threat than any other quarterback that they have on the roster currently, McCaffrey is still going to get his touches, he's still going to get his yardage, and he's still going to get his touchdowns. He's just one of those valuable pieces that makes everyone on the team around him better. Yep, and the next guy I'm going to talk about, somewhat similar play style, little on the older side at 28 years old. I have running back for the Los Angeles Chargers, Mr. I Want to Get Paid, Mr. Touchdown Machine, Austin Eckler, and you really saw this guy jump up leaderboards in everybody's running back rankings after his 2021 season, after putting up 20 touchdowns. And that's really, I mean, he scores touchdowns in the NFL. That's all you really want from your guys. 
it's a score points. No one cares about the yardage. No one cares about the your reception totals. Everyone cares about how many points you are scoring for this team. And every time you touch the ball, it felt like it was going to be a touchdown. So he's number two for me. His dual threat for me, rushing and receiving, is elite. And his uh, hard cuts and ability to get to the end zone no matter where he's at on the field um, leaves him at number two for me. Eckler is definitely a really explosive player. Um, I do have a couple of issues with him, uh, especially the age, 28. We just said that the 26, 27 age range is where you really start to see a little bit of regression from these running backs. So going forward, I don't know if he's going to be as effective as he has been, especially in that 2021 season where he scored 20 touchdowns, which is absolutely fantastic. But being in the league for six years, uh, he seems to be on a trend where every other year he's missing a few games due to injury. He actually stayed healthy this past season. So looking at his history, I would honestly expect to see him miss a couple of games coming into the 2023 season. I'm really hoping not. And also, he did request a trade uh, this past offseason. They did lock him down for 2023 with $1.75 million guaranteed. Uh, it's a heavily incentive-laden contract, but he is going to become a free agent after this season. So we'll have to keep an eye on where he lands to see if they use him in a way that really benefits his strengths or if they use him like the NFL usually uses an older running back, which is reduced carries in favor for a younger guy. Well, let me let me ask you this question. Who's their running back two? Running back two would probably be Isaiah Spiller for me. Or they also have Joshua Kelly on their depth chart. But out of the two, I personally would trust Isaiah Spiller a little bit more. And I see what you're saying about it, but with Austin Eckler becoming a free agent this past season, I could really see, or this upcoming season, I could really see the Chargers going in and trying to draft the top running back in next year's class. They're not going to get a Bijan type player. They're probably not even going to get a Gibbs type of player coming out of college, but they'll have someone coming out. I haven't done too much research into 2024 rookie class besides the top, top guys like Caleb Williams and Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, But I could definitely see them going to grab someone, especially seeing as their tight ends are probably going to be injured again. So I'm not expecting too terribly much from the Chargers this season outside of Eckler. But I can definitely see them moving on from him in 2024. I see it too. And I I don't think he's a charger next season. But this upcoming season, I think he's absolutely going to ball out, improve his stock so much to where the Chargers are not a bit, cannot afford him for next season. I think he'll go somewhere that is willing to pay him. And he has an incentive based contract. And he's absolutely going to want every single dime that he's being offered and as we mentioned earlier Isaiah Spiller is the running back too and I don't really see him as a threat at all and stealing touches yes he'll take a break and that's when Isaiah Spiller will come in and Joshua Kelly but 
I just see Austin Eckler being an absolute threat like he has been in the past and being a touchdown machine this upcoming season. All right, well, I absolutely hate to say number two because, like we said, all these running backs are just so extremely close. It's not really fair to say it. So I've actually got my list broken up into three separate tiers. Uh, So the second guy on my tier one is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Now, I know that he did have his injury last season, and that is a little bit concerning, but he's a younger guy than Eckler, and he can consistently put up RB1 numbers. He's not running behind as strong as, as of an offensive line, but they're good enough to get the job done. All right. Yeah, I mean, I love Jonathan Taylor. And like you said, these top five guys, in my opinion, in just the NFL alone without discounting age, um, are really all on the same tier for me. So uh, number three, I got a guy that is on the older side. I'd like to see him rebound. Um, and I think he will because this offense is going to be horrendous. Um, now, if they bring in Will Levis, um, I think there's some hope to this offense. Um, but I have Derrick Henry as my number three running back for the 2023 NFL season. Um, he's just going to repeat what he's been doing the past how many years? Uh, let me check here. Past five years, he's really been a really elite running back in the league. Um, yes, he has injury issues because of how much he gets the rock. But if he's healthy, which we can't predict injury, so if he's healthy, he's easily a top three running back in the league and he's just he's a mouthful to you know take down so he's he's a threat in the running game not much in the receiving game yes he gets some uh dink and dunks but he's uh he's just elite and watching him play is just it's fun watching him just bulldoze these huge men so he's number three for me yeah i've had an absolute blast watching derrick henry since he came into the league in 2016 Um, The only issue that I really have with Derrick Henry is, especially since A.J. Brown left the team, there's been really no other option on the Titans. Uh, Looking at the number of attempts that he's had, he's had just as many 300-plus attempt seasons as he has under. He had 378 attempts in 2020. But only 219 in his shortened 2021 season due to injury. So for me, that says that the workload in 2020 was just a little bit too much. And if we look at 2022, he had 350 attempts. Now, he did post up 1,500 yards uh, and 13 touchdowns. If that says that he's looking towards an injury this upcoming season and his age 29 season, I don't know. All I can say is this is what the history has shown, and that's why I'm a little hesitant at putting him so high up in my Tier 1. The next guy in my Tier 1 is actually a much younger guy who unfortunately had to miss his entire rookie season due to injury. Mm. Uh, Travis Etienne out of Jacksonville. Spicy, I like it. I like it. I like the spice. Absolutely. Give, Tra- give some conversation into the comp- into the mix. Travis Etienne, to me, is 
one of those that is still going to be a workhorse back. He's got Ernest Johnson and Jamichael Hasty sitting behind him. And if we saw anything about Ernest Johnson from his time in Cleveland, he was really just a specialist kind of guy. But sitting behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you kind of have to be. Now, him coming over to Jacksonville, I do think he's going to be a little bit more involved in the game, seeing as I think he's as good as, if not a slightly better pass catching back than ETN is, which is really the only knock that I could have against ETN. But the guy just plays with an absolute chip on his shoulder. He's cerebral. He's patient. He waits for the holes. He hits the holes hard. And he just looks really, really good when he's running. Yeah, last year he had 220 attempts for 1,100 yards and five touchdowns, which to me speaks more about the growing Jacksonville offense than it does about him personally. As the Jacksonville Jaguars get better and better, you're going to see Travis Etienne get better and better and better. And at only age 24, he's still got three to four years left in his prime. And I think that those three to four years are going to show a significant step up with each year that he plays. Yeah, he is a very interesting running back. Um, I really wish he did not miss that rookie season, as probably everyone wishes he did not, even him. Um, and he's, he's a really lethal pass catcher. Um, but there, there's just some dogs in this league in the running back position. So he's he's not that high up for me. I understand your uh, uh, your side of the story, but I, I can't I can't rate him as higher higher than um, some of these guys that I have coming up for the 2023 season. So um, is that was that your number three? Uh, that was the third guy in my tier one. Yes. All right. All right. I'll go. Uh, I'll go number four. I'll go a guy that. You know, has been known to be injury prone, but I'm hoping he um, has. I think a, we're talking about the same guy here. Has a has another season where he's healthy all the way through. A uh, guy who is the whole offense really, and you can only say that about some guys in this league. Um, but I have Saquon Barkley at four. Um, he is he is special when healthy, and that when healthy is um, it's definitely important. It's, it's it's important definitely with his past uh injury so his past injuries the past couple of seasons so if he's staying healthy this whole season i think he i mean i know he will be a top five running back in the league he is just lethal he scores a lot of touchdowns he gets the whole work um there's no really any competition in that backfield he is the center of that offense so he'll be he'll get all the goal line touches he's He's getting all the touches no matter what. They even put him in, um, man, I'm drawing a blank here, but wildcat formation. Yeah, wildcat formation. So he's the wildcat. They'll even do that just to get him the ball. So they make it a point to get him the ball. And that's and he's he's going to be absolutely lethal this upcoming season. And I'm excited to watch him play again. I really debated putting Saquon in Tier 2 for a couple of reasons, but his upside did land him in Tier 1 for me because he just is 
that special back when he's healthy. I mean, he did miss most of the 2020 season and missed a few games in 2019 and 2021. Thankfully, he was healthy all the way through this past season. But my main concern with Saquon and why I wanted to put him a little bit lower is him and the Giants don't even appear to be anywhere close on a long-term contract extension. They used the franchise tag on him this past year, which Saquon hasn't signed yet. So we don't even know if he's going to be playing for them this year. He wants to be paid like one of the top running backs in the league. And the Giants are looking at him and say, saying, hey, you are that when you're healthy, but we want to see another year of you being healthy before we commit all this money to you. So if Saquon doesn't acquiesce a little bit to the Giants and they're not able to meet in the middle, I think that it's very reasonable to see a world where Saquon just completely and totally drops off this list because he just doesn't play. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell. So it's happened before. There is precedent. That's the only thing that really worries me about him. But due to just his upside and the love that I see in the game for him, I think that they do get a deal done. I think that he does play. And I think that he deserves to be in the Tier 1. Yep, and just like you said, that was worrying to me along with his uh, injury, past injuries. But um, if, if he is playing he's and that upside, he's if not the best running back in the league um, or right up there. So um, I'm hoping he's playing. I understand he wants to lock down his future, which I totally get. Um, and I hope the Giants pay him. If not, bring him to the Chiefs. But... Um, that, all right. that's, that's all I got for four. And that was your four, right, Saquon? Yeah, so right. coming into the second to last guy in my tier one, I've got someone that we've already discussed. Now I've got Austin Eckler. Now, I don't have him quite as high as Kyle does just because of the age and the contract situation. But we pretty much covered everything about Eckler earlier on, so I don't feel the need to add too terribly much to him. Despite to say that he still is a tier one running back for me, especially when he stays healthy. So I feel very confident in having him in this tier. Yep, and uh, I mean, my number five is going to be quick because you already mentioned him earlier. Um, I believe he was your number two guy, Jonathan Taylor. So was was he your number two guy? Yeah, he was the second guy on my list. So our number two and fives are just... Are just swapped, and that's that just shows how close these guys are on the top. Um, I really like Jonathan Taylor coming into this season, if not for his whole future, because one, they bring in an actual good quarterback um, that's going to propel that offense to scoring more touchdowns, which just means he's going to have the ball more and scoring more. Um, so I, I'm excited for Jonathan Taylor. He's one of the best backs in the league. He typically stays healthy. Last year was kind of an outlier for him. Um, with the injury because, you know, stuff happens. Um, so I'm excited for Jonathan Taylor in this offense. This offense has gotten a lot better this past year, and he actually has a quarterback that can provide him um, success. So I'm excited for Jonathan Taylor coming in. All right, so I think that brings us to our seven spot, six spot? Six uh, spot. Six spot, yep. Six spot. So 
For the sixth spot, I've got a guy who only has one year in the league. Didn't get to play too much last season because of an injury, and he hasn't shown up to OTAs yet because he's still rehabbing that injury. But I've got Brees Hall. Coming out of the draft, he wasn't really too terribly explosive, but when he got in the backfield for the New York Jets, he turned some massive heads. In 2022, he had 80 attempts for 463 yards, which is 5.79 yards per carry. For a running back, if you can average over four yards per carry, you're keeping your offense on track for the first down. You're setting them up really well for second down to go ahead and take a shot down the field. I think that Brees Hall, especially with the addition of Aaron Rodgers and all the weapons that they have around him on offense, is only going to shoot up the rankings if his ACL can come back to what it was before he got injured. And with the recent advances in ACL surgery, I think that that's not even a question. Yeah, and and with Brees Hall, it's, it's worth noting that it was a clean tear and it was only one. Whereas you're looking at a guy like Javante Williams, he had multiple tears. So that's more of a, you know, Javante will take a longer time to recover from that, um, sadly. But Brees Hall's will be a lot quicker and a lot smoother, in my opinion. And in the past, it has been a lot smoother. And like Trey's mentioned, the advances in med- in medicine, he's going to be, uh, I expect him to be on the field week one. Yeah, uh, he also did damage his meniscus, but... From what I'm seeing, that is not considered serious and isn't going to complicate his recovery. And the Jets do seem optimistic about having him available for week one. So given a full season of a healthy Brees Hall, I think that the Jets are going to have one of the most well-rounded offenses in the NFL. And I think they're going to be a serious threat to be contended with. And I think that Brees Hall could put up top-tier running back numbers. I won't necessarily say number one because you do still have Christian McCaffrey, but anybody else in this tier one, I could very easily see uh, coming in for that second-place finish this upcoming season. Yep, and uh, I mean, I'm just going to jump into my number six because he covered everything about Brees Hall. He's a really, really good running back, and I'm excited for him this upcoming season. But I have a guy that... You know, it may shock a little people with him being this high, but I have B. John Robinson running back out of Texas, going to uh, Atlanta Falcons this offseason in the draft, uh, eighth overall. So I'm excited about B. John. I expect him to have 300 plus touches. I expect him to be the sole workhorse of this offense in the running back position. Him and Desmond Ritter are just going to be handing it off to him more times than not that offense wants to run the ball and you saw last year when they had um I mean they just ran the ball every single down it it was hurting Drake London it was hurting Kyle Pitts but that offense wants to run and Bijan's going to run a lot so he is deadly when he has the ball and in open space he is one of the best prospects I have seen in recent history so I'm excited for Bijan I was hesitant to putting him higher just because he is a rookie, and what I have seen from the running backs ahead of him, I have him at six, but 
Um, I think he has the upside to be the best running back this season, but him being a rookie and not seeing it yet hurts him, so he will be number six for me. And Bijan is probably the guy that I'm most excited for in this entire draft class outside of Anthony Richardson. I think from a production standpoint that going to the Falcons was the absolute perfect fit for him. I think for longevity of a career, it was probably the second best spot for him to go. I would have really loved to see the Eagles snap up Bijan. I think that that would have absolutely put their offense over the top. But Bijan to the Falcons was definitely a good move. Tyler Allegier last year just really didn't get it done, even though they did want to force the rock down your throat every single play, every single down. I think that Bijan is going to be something incredibly special, and it was really hard for me to leave him off of my rankings just because I think he's going to be an absolute machine. But I haven't seen it in the NFL level yet, especially with the Falcons. So that's why I went ahead and had to leave him off. Yep, and uh, it's worth noting he is a pass-catching back. So he's going to get huge work in all of that. So, and one second, I have a, I have quite the breaking news coming up right now. Um, if it will freaking load. But... The Arizona Cardinals have released DeAndre Hopkins. Really? Adam Scheffler just just uh, posted one minute ago. DeAndre Hopkins has been released from the Arizona Cardinals, so he's free game. Uh, welcome to the Chiefs, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, D-Hop isn't going to the Chiefs. If D-Hop is going anywhere, it's the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Von Miller has been trying to recruit him there for at least the past season. They are friends outside of the NFL, so I can definitely see a world where DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Buffalo Bills, and with Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins lining up opposite each other, look out Kansas City Chiefs, because I do believe that the (laughs) Buffalo Bills are coming. They'll see you in the AFC Championship, and the world will get to enjoy a really good game yep and um it'll be nice beating the bills again in the off in the playoffs so well as long as josh allen calls the right coin this time that may turn out a little bit differently but i am looking forward to a good game all right so all right jumping in you know a little breaking news i had a report that's kind of huge so <laughs> yeah, definitely huge. So so I had a report that give us our live uh, reaction. So I think that's a great move from the Cardinals. You know, move on. They're obviously trying to. You know, I think it's best for D Hop. They're, you know, they they respect D Hop enough to release him. They know that this year's kind of a throwaway year. So getting him off that roster, getting that extra cap space to you know roll over for next season, I think is a good move. Uh, And now he can do what he wants, go to a contending team, whether that be the Chiefs or the Bills or um, what's another? Even the Bengals. I would not. No, I don't think the Bengals. What's another team that he's been drawn eyes to? Um, Man, I'm drawing a blank here. Hold on. He he put out a list of his top five uh, on his list of top five quarterbacks that he wanted to play with. uh, Lamar Jackson was there. 
So the Ravens are a possibility. Yeah, Ravens were. I do remember that. But yeah. It, it'd be interesting to see if the Ravens actually go after him after getting, because um, I, I don't know how much money they have after getting uh, OBJ to that deal, the 15 mil deal, and then getting uh, Zay Flowers in the first. Well, I mean, um, if but, he wants to go to a contending team and really likes what they are building in Baltimore, he could take a more team-friendly deal to try and push him over the edge. I mean, D-Hop yeah. and OBJ, kind of a throwback to the previous generation of elite wide receivers. It, they could make one last push at a Super Bowl run, and honestly, it wouldn't really shock me if the Ravens were in the thick of it if they signed DeAndre Hopkins. <coughs> yep, and uh, it's it's going to be exciting. I, I expect uh, him to sign with the team within a week. You oh, know, absolutely. I, I it's going to be incredibly fast. This is a team, unlike Zeke, this is uh, a player that every team is gunning to go for because it's pretty much first come, first serve. Um, whereas Zeke, it's like nobody's really wanting him. Yes, you have some interested teams, but... It's not like you need to get him now. You know he's going to still be there in a month or two. So, um, number seven, I have a guy you mentioned right before this. I have Brees Hall at number seven. Um, everything okay. you said times two, I really am looking forward to Brees Hall. I think the injury is not too much of a concern for me. Um, and I, I'm just really excited for Brees Hall. So, I, I'm going to leave it short because you already mentioned it and I took away most of my talking time for D-Hop. So... <laughs> Uh, who do you have at number seven? Well, at number seven, I've got a guy who's probably going to catch me a little bit of flack just because his team didn't do the best last year, and he's been forced more into a committee, especially this past season. But I still see him as an elite back. He's proven that he can be a threat in the receiving game. He's got a young quarterback to pair with him who they're both just going to continue to grow. This team massively improved their offensive line, so he should have more room to run. I'm talking about Najee Harris. Last season, he was dealing with a Liz Frank injury coming into the season, so he got off to a little bit of a slow start. He ran the ball 272 times for 1,038 yards, 3.82 yards per carry, and seven touchdowns. Through the air, he went 41 for 53 for 229 and three touchdowns. So he really got better as the season went on, and a lot of that contributed to the growth of the offensive line that we saw over the season. The Steelers had the most ragtag offensive line as the season began. They had never played with each other, but they really improved going on. And the Steelers bring back a lot of that offensive line, but they add to it in the best ways possible. They spent a first-round pick on Broderick Jones, trading up with the Patriots to go and snag him at 14, steal him away from the Jets, which I thought was an awesome move, only giving up a fourth-round pick to jump up and go and grab their guy. They also signed Isaac Smalo from the Philadelphia Eagles, who Jason Kelsey has said is the smartest guard, smartest football player that he's ever played with. So I think that the offensive line for the Steelers is something to be really excited about coming into this season. And even though Najee does start off my tier two list, 
I look at him as a big sleeper candidate to kind of sneak into that tier one. The only thing that does kind of concern me about it is the fact that he does have Jalen Warren, who we saw kind of eat into his touches last season. Um, whether that was to help combat the Liz Frank injury or give him more breaks or whether they do see a committee between Najee and Jalen. I just think that that's something worth monitoring and the only reason that I don't have him in my tier one. And then the wide receiver core that he's going to be working with. You have Deontay Johnson, who I think this is last season with the Steelers or his last season as the wide receiver one for the Steelers. George Pickens, and then you bring in the veteran presence with Allen Robinson. So I think that Kenny Pickett is going to be looking a lot more for that wide receiving core than he's going to his running backs in passing situations. So I do expect to see his targets drop a little bit. But as we saw last year, especially in the Ravens game, when you need a catch, he's the guy who can go ahead and give you that catch. I really like this back, and I'd like him even if I wasn't a Steelers fan. Yep, and I, I really like Najee. Um, as you've probably seen on my Twitter, I've been harping on people to buy him low in Dynasty Fantasy Football because I think he's going to have a really good breakout or bounce-back season this upcoming season, uh, similar to his rookie season. So I'm really expecting great things from Najee. Um, He's not that high for me, but I I see the argument, and I can't um, disagree with much of what you're saying. So what number were you at? Uh, That was technically number seven, but it was my number one in Tier 2. All right, so my, uh, my number eight is going to be Nick Chubb running back of the Cleveland Browns, and I've been a quote-unquote hater for Nick Chubb for the past couple years, and that's because um, his receiving ability, and he's he's dependent on getting the rock every single week when he has Kareem Hunt there. So he's been kind of a, a scary one that I've been trying to stay away from, but with no Kareem Hunt there, this team's committed to him. Now, they may bring in another running back, but this team is committed to him, and this team is getting a lot better in the offense with having a quarterback like Deshaun Watson bringing in, uh, trading for Elijah Moore, uh, drafting Cedric Tillman in the third round. So having those three wide, and Amari Cooper, so having those three wide receivers will allow this offense to score more and get down the field a lot more. Nick Chubb will help with that. So he's my uh, number, what was it, eight, did I say? Yes. He's my number eight. Um, he's going to be a lot better this year, in my opinion. So, yep, that's my number eight. And I do like Nick Chubb. I do also have him in my tier two. He's not quite this high. But I do like the back that he is. Um, you got rid of Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson coming into this season through free agency. So he is, without a doubt, your workhorse back for the 2023 season. Last year, he had 300 touches for just over 1,500 yards, which is a 5 yards per carry average and 12 touchdowns, which, again, keeping the offense really well on track um, and allowing you to get in good positions for second and third down to take those shots deep down the field. 
Um, with Deshaun Watson having a full offseason to work with the wide receiver core that he has in Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Marquise Goodwin, as well as the tight end and David Njoku, I don't know if his volume is going to be quite what it was in 2022. And that's the only reason that I don't have him ranked quite as high. He's still going to be insanely productive when he does touch the ball, especially running behind one of the better offensive lines uh, that we currently see in the NFL. But for me, my running back rankings are really an average of the volume and the efficiency that you use that volume at. So with a perceived decline in volume, he really just drops not too terribly far, but just a couple of spots for me. Like I said, I do still have him in Tier 2. He's just towards the lower end of Tier 2 for me personally. All right, so who, who do you have at number 8? At number 8, I've actually got a guy who, if we're just going off of last season, would definitely be near the top of Tier 1. But looking at his career overall and kind of projecting forward, I had to stick him in the middle of Tier 2. I'm talking Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs was franchise tagged, which he still hasn't signed. So he's ineligible for OTA, so he's not currently there. But what he's looking at is a long-term contract before the July 17th deadline. And at only age 25... I could definitely see the Raiders going out and giving him a two to three year deal. Uh, these Alabama running backs, just like I talked with with Najee Harris last time and we've discussed with Derrick Henry, the running backs coming out of Alabama for the past decade or so, I'd say, have just been incredibly special. Last year, he led the entire NFL with 1,600 yards on 340 attempts. While that's a little bit lower than Nick Chubb sitting at 4.86 yards per carry, his touchdown uh, production was actually up a little bit with 12, and he's a little bit better of a receiving back. Uh, he didn't score any touchdowns, but he did get haul in 53 receptions on 64 targets for an even 400 yards. So, I definitely like Josh Jacobs, and while I think that he's not going to be as productive, he's definitely not going to repeat the RB1 uh, that he did last season, I do think that he's still going to be a very productive back. He's younger, he's got more tread left on his tires, and I just like the player that he is. Uh, watching him last season was incredibly fun. Just seeing how explosive and how smart he is when he has the ball in his hands, I'm expecting some big things from Josh. Yep, and uh, he he's one that's up there, and he's up there so much that he's my number nine. So everything you said is uh, is correct. I mean, he had a contract here, and he proved it. Now he gets big money and the guaranteed franchise tag, uh, and he's going to continue to having to prove himself for another contract after this season. If he stays with Las Vegas or if he goes somewhere else, um, this guy's just electric. When he has the ball rushing, he just finds the gap and makes big plays. A big one that stands out to me was the OT one against Seattle. He just can win you games, and he's number nine for me. 
Um, and I really don't have much to say because you covered most, if not all of it. Um, so he's number nine for me. All right, so going into our next spot, I've actually got my next two spots are guys that we've already talked about. So I'm not going to spend too terribly much time on them. My next spot is actually going to be Nick Chubb. And like I said, I really like the guy. I'm just a little bit concerned about the volume that he's going to see over this next season. I still think he's going to be incredibly efficient with it. But the volume for me is why I've got him sitting below Josh Jacobs. Yep. And um, for number 10 for me, we're on number 10, correct? Sorry, I kind of just blanked out there for a second. I have a running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. And I expect great things from Najee. That offense is going to be a lot better in Kenny Pickett's second year, whether he's the answer or not. Najee will be. Um, we all know KP8 is the answer. <laughs> let's uh, let's ignore his bias uh, prediction. So, you know, I, I, he is a first-round pick. Both of them selected at 20, I believe. Um, where was Najee selected? 20 or 22? I think it was 22. All right. Because so, ETN went before him. He yep. was the second running back taken. Yep. So Najee was selected 22. Um, in the first round, he has that first-round draft capital that you're always looking for in a running back. So this team will be committed to him. Uh, big question mark for me was Jalen Warren. Um, I don't expect him to be in as much. I, I thought he ate in as much as he could last year because of Najee's injury in his, in his foot. Um, but I expect Najee to be fully healthy for the beginning of the season and back to his rookie dominant self in that Pittsburgh offense. Yeah, as long as he's not playing with a metal thing in his foot, he'll be perfectly fine. Uh, Coming in at number 10 for me, like I said, is another guy that we've talked about, Derrick Henry. Really, the only knock for me is his age and the lack of offense that I see coming from the Tennessee Titans. I think that they're going to be turnover-ridden. I think they're going to be on defense more than their offense is going to be on the field. So with a lack of availability, as in being on the field for offense, I think that we're only going to see Derrick Henry's uh, volume drop. I do think that he will still be productive because with that size, with that frame, you can't help but just to run over guys and truck them into the next dimension. So I do think that he will still be productive with what he has. I just don't think he's going to be as productive as we've seen in the past few seasons. Yeah, and I get that. It was a, he was a one that if he doesn't hit, I see him going in the 10 range for running backs. But um, his upside and when he is on, which he has been for his whole career really, um, he has been on. So he's, uh, he's one that I ranked a little bit higher than you just because of his past history. Um, the the offense is a huge, huge concern for me, though. This team does not look any good at all. So, um, moving on to number 11, I have a, a guy you mentioned earlier in Travis Etienne. Um, running back slash wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and I say that jokingly because he is a dominant receiving threat. Um, his connection with Trevor Lawrence through high school or I mean, through college at Clemson and through the NFL has been really, really nice. I mean, this team 
had a really good running back in James Robinson, and they threw it all away for Travis Etienne. So this team will be committed to him for another couple years. Um, I expect Travis Etienne to have a really, really good season. Um, he had an injury last his rookie season that is worrisome, but I think he is well past that. I think he will be fully healthy. Unlike last season, he was still kind of coming back, which, you know, having an ACL tear, I think it was, um, it takes a little time. So he is now two years removed from that ACL tear. tear. So I expect great things from Travis Etienne. It was no doc putting him at 11. It's just the guys in front of him are just that good. And he's still high tier two for me. Yeah, Travis Etienne, obviously I've got him ranked higher. I have a little bit more faith in the first running back taken in the 2021 NFL draft. Even coming off of that ACL tear, which was nasty and robbed him of a full season's worth of production. Um, I just think he's going to get better as the Jaguars get better, as I stated earlier. So going on to my next guy, I've actually got my second year two guy coming up here. From the Seattle Seahawks, I've got Kenneth Walker III. Now, the Seahawks did bring in Zach Charbonnet, who is going to be battling in OTAs and training camp. And Charbonnet is, if they like what they see from him, I see him being more of the receiving threat in this Seattle offense. Um, last year, Kenneth Walker did haul in 27 of his 35 targets for 165 yards. Um, so he's not ex- he doesn't exactly have brick hands, but he did rush 228 times for 1,050 yards and a 4.61 yards per carry and nine touchdowns. So I like what this guy can do. And I think that with... Seattle giving Geno Smith that contract extension, having a good offense coming into this new season. I think that Kenneth Walker is going to be more of a three down type of back with Charbonnet coming in for more necessary, like third and medium. I could see him coming in for third and six, third and five specialty situations like that where it's more of an obvious passing down and you need the best hands that you can on the team. Uh, I don't really see Seattle being in those situations too terribly much. Either they're going to be churning out first downs like it's nothing or they're going to be so far behind the sticks that it really doesn't matter what they do and they're just going to be running it, trying to get those additional couple yards to give them more room to punt. So... I don't know how much Charbonnet is actually going to see the field. I expect Kenneth Walker to have a big role and continue the production that we saw from him last season. Um, Kenneth Walker actually doesn't even make the top 15 for me, and that that comes as a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, um, Seattle doing the worst thing that they could do in drafting another great running back is a headache for me. Um, and I see a world where Zach Charbonnet can fight for lead touches against Kenneth Walker. I mean, Kenneth Walker is not the third down back that you want because he doesn't have that receiving ability. Um, You saw it live in the game against Ohio State. I mean, this team went down big, and they couldn't do anything. I mean, this they were 
a team revolved around Kenneth Walker and they took away their running ability with Kenneth Walker and they tried passing to him and whatever, but he was just so god awful at receiving that it, it was it was brutal. And Zach Charbonnet uh, brings that receiving ability and having a third down work is huge in the NFL. So I think Zach Charbonnet will. I think it will be more of a fifty-fifty backfield, which will help with both their. You know, both of them will probably not be injured for the whole season because they're not getting as much work. Um, but having both of them there hurts Kenneth Walker in my running back rankings, and I think it hurts his ceiling, which is the reason why he's not in the top 15 for me. Yeah, and I definitely don't hate that logic. Um, for me, it's more of an upside base where I watched Charbonnet a bit in college, and while he could really do it, especially in a rookie season, the NFL game is just so much faster than a college game is. And I think that, like I said, Charbonnet is going to be more of your specialty, obvious passing down situation kind of back. And I'm hoping that Kenneth Walker can retain his uh, three-down back role, especially getting rid of Rashad Penny, shipping him over to the Eagles. I think that that really opens the door for KW3. And uh, what, what, dude, I'm terrible at this. What number were we on? We were on number uh, 11? Yes, Kenneth Walker was my technical number 11. All right, Travis Etienne was my 11th, so I'm going to jump right into my 12th. Pending suspension, I have Alvin Kamara here. I think he's one of the top backs in the league. Um, and the reason why he's dropped so far and down in my rankings is because he will most likely get suspended in this upcoming season for, um, you know, people are uh, saying six games, people are saying eight games, some people are saying uh, Deshaun Watson's type suspension, 12 games, and some guys are saying four games, which you never really know with Roger Goodell because consistency has not been his thing with giving out suspensions. Um, so who knows? I am thinking it'll be around six. I think it'll be six, but um, I'm not sure. Um, so I, I've cut Alvin Kamara. I think he is one of the best backs in the league. His sixth touchdown game against uh, the Vikings, I believe it was, on Christmas Day, may have some bias towards that. I think this offense has gotten a lot better with Chris Olave as their lead receiver, and they're bringing in an actual quarterback in uh, Derek Carr. Uh, so I expect Alvin Kamara to get a lot of work, a lot of touches near the goal line, a lot of touchdowns, and a lot of receiving work. This team is going to pass a lot more. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is definitely a special back. The only reason I didn't include him in my top 15 is because of the upcoming suspension. So once we know more details about that, my rankings will more than likely change. And depending on the length of his suspension... He could wind up in my Tier 2, or if it's a more lengthy suspension, uh, Tier 3, but he would definitely make the top 15 once we know what's going on with him. He's just a dynamic back coming into a greatly improved offense, and Derek Carr is one of the last remaining pure pocket passers from the previous generation of quarterbacks. Yep. So you don't have to worry about your quarterback stealing touches from him, stealing yards, 
sniping touchdowns or anything else like that. Uh, Kamara also does have above average hands for a running back. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely got the tools to succeed, but in order to succeed, he does have to be on the field. So once that suspension is actually set and we know how long he's going to be out for, that'll more accurately inform my rankings as far as he's concerned. Um, in a similar spot to where Kyle has Kamara. Oh, yep. And this is a guy that I'm debating on top 15. I know, I know who's going to come up. Do you? Yep. All right. Um, this one is actually going to get me a little bit of flack, too. And this is my third second-year guy. Uh, they have improved the offense. I can't say greatly because a lot of it was done during the 2023 draft. So it still remains to be seen. But I've got Damian Pierce. And, you know, I will call myself out. That is not who I thought you were talking about. <laughs> you said similar to Alvin Kamara. I was immediately drawn to Joe Mixon. So that's who I was thinking of when you said similar because Joe Mixon, you know, may be cut, may get a suspension, may. I don't know how no, that all I, worked out. But I was saying similar to Kamara as in the right, positioning right, right. and yep. our rankings. See, um, I, I, I missed that part. That's, that's on me. Last season... Pierce was the offense for the Houston Texans. Uh, It all went through him until he got injured in week 14, which was definitely unfortunate because while he did have an up and down season, I contribute that more to the lack of good players, especially on the offensive line. Um, But with bringing in C.J. Stroud as your quarterback... I think that the offense will improve to the point where Damian Pierce, the volume that he receives, he's going to be able to be a lot more efficient seeing as the back, the defensive backs aren't going to be slamming into the box as much because they actually have to worry about a quarterback that can get the ball downfield. Now, the receivers that the quarterback is throwing the ball to still aren't at the level that they need to be. So uh, not they, close, but yes. They won't need to drop as many people back into coverage, but even two or three more people that aren't crashing down into the box will open up more holes for Damian Pierce. And he is practicing. So he's running routes at full speed, catching passes. Um, So I'm expecting him to have a fully healthy season coming into 2023. I'm expecting him to stay healthy coming into 2023. And I'm expecting his numbers to go up in 2023. Yeah, he's somebody that I think will get a lot of work. Um, Devin Singletary coming in uh, does scare me a little bit. Um, He's not top 15 for me, but I understand the argument like I have for past... uh, for the past running backs that you've noted that have not been in my top 15. that Like I said, running backs are just so deep. You'll see a lot. It's not like quarterbacks where we're kind of in the same range for quarterbacks. Running backs is preference um, and offense and how an offense uses them. So um, and there, really there's a lot of disparity backs, in all the running backs. Running back rankings will change multiple times, even through the offseason and the yep. actual season. Running backs are really the hot hand, and when it comes to them, it's really just flavor of the month. 
besides guys like Christian McCaffrey, he's always going to be near, if not at the very top of the rankings. But for pretty much anyone beneath him, it's really a flavor of the month type of guy, and the rankings will change as often as week to week. Yep, and you're seeing it with Saquon with more stuff coming out. He's dropping, he's gaining a little bit, he's dropping, he's gaining a little bit. So um, running backs are just, they fluctuate so much that you can't really go wrong with predicting a top 15, but you're not going to go right. So um, what what number were you at? You were at 13, or was that your 12th? That was my technical 12th and the official end of my tier 2. All right, and that that's uh, 11 was my end of tier 2, so I'm starting my tier 3 with Alvin Kamara. Right behind him, I have somebody that I wanted to rank higher, but told myself not to. I have Dalvin Cook, running back of the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And whether he is a running back for the Vikings or not, I think he is still a top 15 running back in the league. Um, You saw it last year. Yes, he wasn't as lethal. um, But this team was passing a lot. um, And he had a slow start to the season, but he caught up a little bit. He caught up great in the middle. End was a little slow as well, but... Um, I expecting great things from Dalvin Cook if he could stay healthy, uh, whether he goes to Miami, whether he goes to a different team, whether he stays in Minnesota, he will be the lead back. He'll get 70% of the touches. And um, yes, injuries scare me. Uh, definitely with Dalvin Cook, you're pretty much guaranteed he'll miss at least two games this season. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping he stays healthy and he's a top running back in the league for me. And I really like Dalvin Cook, too. He didn't quite make my top 15. If I was to put a number on it, he would be my number 16 overall back, kind of heading up my Tier 4 ranking. What really scares me about Dalvin Cook is, like Kyle just talked about, the injuries. Every single year that he's been in the league, besides the 2022 season, he has missed multiple games. In 2021, it was three in 2020, it was in 2019, it was two. In 2018, he actually missed five games. And in 2017, he only played in four games. Something else that does scare me is that well, right that's, now. That's, it's worth noting that I think Adrian Peterson was on that team, was he? 2017? So he was probably the backup. But still, even if he was the backup, it would show that he played in more games than just gotcha, four. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yep, I see what you're saying now. Um, so, yeah. But what does scare me is that the Vikings have been toying around with trading Dalvin Cook, but no one is interested in taking on his salary. So to me, that is saying that teams are thinking Dalvin Cook is a great back, but not at the price point that Minnesota has him at. It reminds me a lot of uh, a guy that just got released, DeAndre Hopkins. So Yes. Similar situation for me. With that, uh, sort of similar situation, absolutely. Um, but his inability to stay on the field is more than likely what is contributing to this lack of trade partners. So the talk that I'm hearing coming out of the Vikings camp and around the NFL is that he may actually wind up being released. So if he's released, his value to me definitely depends on where he goes. Uh, if he goes to a team that doesn't have a clear-cut running back one, like let's say, for example, he gets 
released and picked up by the Cowboys. To me, that would improve his standings. Even though they have Tony Pollard there, I think that Dalvin Cook could very easily do what Ezekiel Elliott did and take that RB1 role. Or, heck, even to the Bills, I think that his value would go up, seeing as that's really the only weakness that I see on the Bills is their lack of an RB1. I mean, James Cook is a great guy, but he's not the guy for me. And even if he does stay on the Vikings, you've got Alexander Madison sitting in the wings just waiting. And as we've seen, Alexander Madison has been one of, if not the single most capable RB2 on a team over the past few seasons. I think that Minnesota would not hesitate to give him the lead back role, which kind of devalues Dalvin Cook for me. Plus, he is coming up on his age 27 season, so the natural regression that you see from running backs, especially with him having almost 1,200 touches in his career, is definitely a little bit worrisome for me, which is why I wouldn't put him in my Tier 3. He would have to be more of a Tier 4 guy for me. Gotcha, gotcha. And, um, you know, jumping into my next guy, what, what you, did you do your 12th, or did I just skip you? I think you just skipped me. It's all so, right. We'll just go to third. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you show your 12. So coming in and starting my tier three, and this is really where it's more of a flavor of the month kind of thing for me because everyone that I have in my top two tiers is at least 75% of carries going into this upcoming season that I can see. Starting at tier three is where it kind of drops. And my top guy in Tier 3 is actually going to be Ramondre Stevenson. Now, I did kind of question whether or not I wanted to even put him on this list because, as we all know, Bill Belichick absolutely hates using his running backs and he doesn't value them very high at all. But Ramondre, to me, has been the running back that the New England Patriots have wanted to have, but haven't had since they had LeGarrette Blunt. He's just that bruiser who has the ability to catch out of the backfield and just puts up great numbers, can get you that first down when you really need it. He's still a younger guy, so he's still got some tread left on the tires. Yep. And while I don't think that New England is going to utilize him like some of the guys higher up on this list. I think that he's still deserving of a tier three spot on my list. Uh, yeah, and and um, you knocked it all off, and his receiving ability is also uh, above par in this league. Um, he is actually my number 13 running back. Um, and a big reason why he isn't higher is because my trust in Bill Belichick. Um, I have been hurt by Bill in the past plenty of plenty of times um, with the running back and it's just I hesitate a lot to like a running back so that's why Ramondre is lower on my list than uh, many would say so he's 13 for me um, and there's there's not too much competition you they did bring in James Robinson um, and then they have a couple of guys there but he is my uh, 13th guy 
Thank you, Bill, for second-guessing every running back that you ever have. Okay, quick sidebar. Uh, We were talking about DeAndre Hopkins earlier. No, I don't have a signing to report, but I did just see uh, a retweet of the five quarterbacks that he said that he would like to play with. And the list in order is Josh Allen and the Bills, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Hell yeah. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Mm, That last one had to be before the draft because them adding Quentin Johnston, I think, totally takes them out of the conversation. See, I don't think that it does so much because he could still be a top two wide receiver on that team, especially if Mike Williams and Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen go down like they have. I would trust DeAndre Hopkins more with his list of injuries than I do them. But I think that any one of those five would be an absolutely lethal place for him to go. My top choice would, of course, be the Buffalo Bills for him. I think that that would just send him over the top. I I would love to see him paired up with Patrick Mahomes, but... There's a part of me that just doesn't want the rich to get richer. And (laughs) I don't think that that would be fair for the rest of the league. (laughs) Even though it would be incredibly fun to watch. That would be... (coughs) We'd be primetime Sunday night football every week. And you would be having to watch D-Hop catch the most insane catches with Patrick Holmes just chucking it up there making plays. That would be amazing football. It really would be amazing football. I may be a little biased, but that'd be amazing. Maybe just a little bit, but even as a Steelers fan, I can sit back and admit that that would be really good TV. The Eagles really doesn't excite me as much because they do already have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith there. So while I could see DeAndre taking that wide receiver two spot from Devonta and putting Devonta into more of a slot receiver role... I do think that that offense is still going to run through A.J. Brown, so I don't know how much of an impact he would have. Um, The Ravens is another really interesting choice because the Ravens really don't have a wide receiver to speak of. Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay, there's nothing really special to write home there about. And the Ravens don't really like them, too. They invested in them. They wanted to try and see if it worked, and it didn't work out. So I think the Ravens are ready to move on from having them as their wide receiver one and two. And you you saw that with OBJ and um, uh, drafting of Zay Flowers in the first round. Um, and going back to the Eagles, I think the Eagles are a sneaky, uh, very good landing spot for D-Hop. Uh, if it wasn't, I think if he goes there, Eagles would be less of a running team, but they still keep their identity. Um, But yes, I think Devontae Smith would be hurt big time if D-Hop went there as if any other wide receiver two on a team or one. Um, But him paired up with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith would be an absolute fun time to watch. You saw a big thing was Jalen Hurts missing on some deep throws. So having D-Hop there just snagging all, all the footballs that come his way would help with Jalen Hurts and it'd just be really fun football to watch. So I think any of those five teams that D-Hop has mentioned would be amazing. Um, I think one stands out more than the rest in, in the Chiefs, but 
hey, you're, you're welcome here, D-Hop. Uh, yeah, and getting back to Ramondre Stevenson, even though Bill Belichick doesn't really value his running backs too much or to utilize them in the way that most other teams would, Ramondre still did get 210 attempts for over 1,000 yards and almost 5 yards per carry. So he still has been really efficient with the touches that he has gotten. And being targeted 88 times and hauling in 69 of them for 421 yards. Kind of wish there had been one less yard on that, but you know. Um, For 4.78 yards per target and a single touchdown he is a valuable back and he's only 25 so the better that he gets especially if the Patriots wind up moving on from Mac Jones and getting a more capable quarterback in there I think that he could definitely have a career to be proud of he's not going to put up Hall of Fame numbers by any stretch of the imagination But I could definitely see him making a couple of Pro Bowls, maybe a couple of All-Pro second teams with the numbers that he could put up. All right. And uh, who do you have at uh, 13? At my number 13 spot, I've actually got a guy that I just mentioned would take a back seat to Dalvin Cook if he went there. I've got Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has been on the Cowboys for quite some time playing second fiddle to Ezekiel Elliott. He finally gets his chance in his age 26 season to be the running back one on this team. Even as the running back two last season, he still put up a thousand yard season despite getting under 200 touches. So he's looking at an above five in his yards per carry average And he almost put up double-digit touchdowns. Um, Believe there was a holding penalty on one touchdown that got called back from him. That if the offensive line had actually done their job, he would have double-digit touchdowns. But he's almost uh, an amazing threat in the receiving game as well. He was targeted 55 times, hauled in 39 of them for 371 yards and three touchdowns. He didn't fumble at all last season so he is definitely reliable um the only thing that does really scare me is he did suffer a fractured fibula in their playoff loss to the 49ers um and he also did have a high ankle sprain which required tightrope surgery but barring any setbacks he should be ready for week one But as we all know, sometimes those broken bones and high ankle sprains have a way of coming back at the worst possible times. So this is definitely something to keep an eye on. I do think that he can be a very efficient running back one for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that he could put up better numbers than Zeke has been recently. I'm really excited to see what this guy can do with all the first team touches. And uh, I I like Tony Pollard. It's just I can't I can't wrap my brain around him being a top fifteen running back this upcoming season. And a lot of people can't. Yes, he's a little underrated, but um, 
I think this team has a real good shot of bringing Zeke back for another year. So I, I can't rank him that high yet. That's um, I'm still I still have questions about Tony Pollard, his ability to be a workhorse back, which he is in line for with the current depth chart. So we'll have to see. He's more of a wait and see type guy for me. Okay, coming at number fourteen. I don't know how high he is on for you, but I have Aaron Jones, running back of the Green Bay Packers. He actually rounds out my list, so this really? will be a guy to talk about. All right, well, I'll, I'll start off by saying he's a, he's a really good running back, rushing, receiving. He's posted 390-plus yards, 350-plus receiving yards in all four seasons that he has been the starter. He has posted 11-plus 1,100 plus rushing yards in two of the past three seasons with 1,000 yards in 2019. Um, He has been lacked with the touchdowns lately. Um, That has also been in part due to Packers being a lot, having a big regression in that that offense last season. Um, I think uh, love Jordan Love will pass and have Aaron Jones be his safety valve for the next season. Um, he's going to get the work. Um, whether it translates to touchdowns, I'm not too sure. He'll have the yardage, but he's going to be his safety valve for Jordan Love, and he's going to get a lot of work um, leaned on to him, whether he could sustain that or not. Um, he has in the past. Yeah, I really like Aaron Jones. Um, to me... The main concern with him and why I don't have him a little bit higher is he does get his touchdown sniped by A.J. Dillon a little bit more than I would like. So I can't really rank him up too high, but coming in with basically a rookie quarterback because Jordan Love has barely played in the NFL, um, They should lean a little bit more on the rushing game just to kind of get him comfortable with the NFL game overall. But the reports out of training camp for the Packers is that Aaron Jones hasn't missed a beat. He's still out there going as fast as hard as anybody and flying around faster than anybody in that room. Um, He's coming into his seventh year after finishing 2022 with another thousand yard rushing season so he's definitely been efficient with the volume that he has gotten and his pass catching ability to me is just a little bit underrated last year he hauled in 59 of 72 targets for 395 yards which is just under six yards per target but once he has the ball in his hands he actually increases his yards per catch to 6.69 so he's incredibly efficient with the ball in his hands and he did add five touchdowns in the rushing game Um, he did fumble five times losing three of them so that is something to watch but those numbers aren't high enough for me to leave him off of this list I think that with the season the Packers have coming up, that they are going to lean a little bit more heavily on the running game, and that Aaron Jones is going to be a really big factor into that. I'm excited for the upcoming season with him. Yep, and then that was your 15. Who's your 14? Or was that your 14, sorry? No, my my 14 was Tony Pollard. Okay, you went first. Sorry, I was... Sorry. 
ignore me. It's been a, a long week. But uh, coming in at 15, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said with Aaron Jones, with his receiving ability, and the touchdown has been lacking, but we saw the upgrade last season in touchdowns a little bit. I'm willing to bet I know exactly who you have at 15. It is not who you think it is. Really? We're not going to see another rookie here, are we? And it is exactly who you think it is. I have Jameer Gibbs coming in at 15. See how well I know my boy? <laughs> and it, it was hard. I was debating him, Joe Mixon. Um, I had a little Kenneth Walker thought in there. Don't let him lie to you. He has been super high on Jameer Gibbs. There was no way he was leaving him off of this list. Just like I had Kenny Pickett at 15 in my quarterback rankings, it's the exact same way for him and Jameer Gibbs. I had to keep him. I had to put him on here. I mean, he is going to be ab- absolutely lethal in this offense, and I think this offense is going to be amazing, just like last season where they're scoring. They're the number one offense for most of the season. Um, I see that again this season, and it's hard to replicate replicate a number one season for an offense, but I think they will. And this offense has gotten a lot better. Jared Goff. Has been tend to know has been has tend to be known to favor his running backs with uh, Todd Gurley, and then he had Swift and Jamal Williams last year, who he had, who he gave Jamal Williams very very good fantasy weeks and very good numbers in just the NFL general. Yes, uh, DeAndre Swift was dealing with injury and just wasn't that good, um, but. I think Gibbs will be amazing. He'll be used in screens. He'll be used in slants. He'll be used in um, every which way that the offense could use it, that Detroit could use him. And he did go 12th overall. And typically when you see a running back go in the first round, the, the team wants to use him. Now if he goes top 12, the offense and that team wants him to be the focal point of that offense. And yes, they have Amon Ross St. Brown, who is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's top 15, right? He's up yeah, there. We'll decide that when we'll, we that'll, do that'll, our wide receiver episodes. Yep. And um, he's he's one of the best one wide receivers in the league. And he's he's a really good wide receiver one to have on your team. Whereas, you know, you look at most teams, they don't have a wide receiver one in the range of Amon Ross St. Brown that they wish they could have had. I mean, hell, I wish the Chiefs had an on Ron St. Brown, but we don't. Uh, we have an injured Kadarius Tony. Yeah, y'all don't even have Juju anymore. We'll uh, we'll have D-Hop, so it'll be all right. Um, uh-huh. Do you guys even have the cap space for D-Hop? We'll, we'll, we'll find it. Mahomes is generous. Um, so uh, this, this offense is going to be centered around Gibbs. And, you know, at 12, I, I don't know if I mentioned in the quarterback rankings... Um, at all, but at 12, they took Gibbs over a guy like JSN, who, you know, they entered the draft knowing Jamison Williams will be out for six weeks. They entered the draft knowing that their wide receiver three is what Josh Reynolds. Um, they entered the draft knowing that they had two running backs in DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, who they just paid to a six mil a year contract for the next three years. Um, and they still took Gibbs. So that's saying a lot how they feel about this guy. They were debating taking him at 6. Um, but they didn't. They they got him at 12. Um, so, you know, the, Detroit is going to be 
a team that focuses him. And like I mentioned in previous episodes, um, he's going to be a Debo on steroids. And he's really going to be fun to watch. I think he can be a wide receiver or he can be a running back one. He has the upside. Um, He is a rookie. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I can't guarantee that's how they're going to use him. But I have a really, really good feeling that Detroit is going to use him in that sense. Um, And he's going to be explosive. And he's going to be the corner piece of that offense. Oh, uh, I have a really good feeling about Jameer Gibbs as well. And I do think that he's going to be special in that offense. I don't know if the volume is going to be quite there in his first season. I think that he may have to take a little bit of time to grow into his role. And I think that he's going to be primarily used in the slot uh, with David Montgomery taking a lot of the volume out of the backfield. Now, while that does work, um, when you have a running back, you want them to be really good and take most of the snaps from the running back position. So that's really my only dig on him, but I am really excited to see what he does this upcoming season. I think that he's got the potential to be one of the top backs, at least in his own division, if not the NFL overall. Yep, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited for him. So I think you you uh, felt my excitement through the microphone. Um, and how I described how Detroit's going to use him, and Detroit's going to be a really fun team to watch this upcoming season. Oh, of course they are. So I think that wraps it up for our top 15 running back rankings. Top 15 running back rankings in our shortest episode to date. Yeah, so, it kind of felt like it. What are we at right now, like an hour 15? An hour 25. Oh, that's not too so. bad. All right, so our next episode is going to be these same guys again. Except we're going to be ranking them in terms of dynasty, which should be a little bit easier. But again, with the running backs by committee, it's still going to pose a little bit of a challenge. So I'm really excited to get in and start really diving into the numbers and see what we can come up with. So for our top 15 NFL running backs, I've been Trey. He's been Kyle. We'll see you next time. I have been. All right. Peace out, guys.